because the beer's cold. The beer is cold, that's for sure. Um, that voice you heard there was Ron Wolfcool from Farmers Business Network. He's the he's Seedmaster Ron. <laughs> nice. he, he's the guy. He's he's kind of right. You're you're kind of you are are helping to really get the the seed part of FBN going. The F2F genetics. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, I think I think we really got a chance to uh, to change the seed industry for the better for farmers. Yeah, and uh, it's and for me it's kind of cool. I I've got to do this. Uh, Two times before, so this is like the third time around. And, the third. Uh, so, what's the history when you say you've gotten to do it before? Explain yeah. a little of that. Yeah. So you know, like uh, like any farm kid from Kansas, um, after I got out of college back in the '80s, uh, though you know that was a tough time, huh? And uh, so I thought, well, I'll try business for a little bit. Then I got addicted to the paycheck every month. But nonetheless, um, I uh, I got to be on the the development team to develop the first ever BT corn that was ever sold in the U.S. And uh, so that was kind of the first time around because that really changed production for farmers, huh? You just didn't yeah. have to worry oh, about corn board. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, and then and then uh, fast forward about ten years, twelve years or so, then uh, got to set up a company called Greenleaf. So it was a joint venture of uh, Dupont Pioneer and uh, Syngenta, and so it was actually the first time ever that Pioneer's genetics were out licensed. And uh, not not very many farmers necessarily know that, but genetics are just a complete tangled web between companies licensing back and forth because you gotta you gotta put together the best combinations, and it's very difficult. In fact, I'd suggest just about nobody can do that all on their own. And so that was the second time, and then uh, now the third time around, I think with F two F, it's time to correct prices in the industry for farmers, huh? Because straight prices aren't priced anymore for the value brought to farmers; they're based on you don't have any choice. Huh? You gotta you gotta go pay a certain amount. So as as we get our conventional corn off the ground, we're uh, we're gonna be bringing out for the first time ever generic traits. That's why I say the third time around because I got to launch traits when they were the first time around. Sure. Twenty years later, the patents are running out, and yep. it's uh, it's time to have a generic alternative. Just like uh, you know, if you're buying aspirin, no no, I, I don't even know what branded aspirin is. I guess. Bear. Uh, I don't know. Bear. Bear. I think yeah. Bear. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but you're going to buy, most people are going to buy on the shelf whatever's the cheapest, huh? Right. Yeah, you're yeah. getting the same active ingredient. It's, a, yeah, it's the exactly. same thing. Yeah, traits really. are no different. Huh? Right. So when you say, the one thing that stood out to me there was you were saying that genetics are a, a huge tangled web. Yeah. Can you put that in layman's terms and try to yeah. describe what you mean by that? Yeah. So what I mean by that, um, in fact, I was just explaining this to my accountants the other day because they're wanting to know what it means in terms of, of uh, as you uh, depreciate things. But nonetheless, um, when you think about genetics, it's they're really built upon each other. All right. If you go all the way back to the to the Indians and Teosinte and you know all this primitive corn, uh, you know, man for a lot of years uh, has been crossing and selecting the best and. Heck, my grandfather, you know, used to tell me he would go out open pollinated corn. He'd go out every year and choose really the best years, huh? Dry them, and then that sure. would be the seed for the next year. Yeah, why not? I mean, that'd be the that'd be the first most common, easiest yeah. way to try to get a better crop next year. Yeah, exactly. And yep. then if you got, you know, the the uh, aggressive or. Uh, you know, farmers are maybe more progressive then, you know, would sell that seed to their neighbors and so forth and so on. Well, you fast forward now, uh, 70, 80, 100 years since then, and and it's really sophisticated, but it's still the same challenge to find the best characteristics and to constantly improve. So, so genetics is really just baby step by baby step, all right? To have a big jump in productivity where here's a 10 bushel jump, that, that would, you know, that's maybe once or twice in a lifetime if you're a corn breeder. But really what you're trying to do is year in, year out, fix little problems. Because it's always, it's always about whatever's limiting your production, huh? Am I not getting the nitrogen out of the soil? Am I not kept capturing enough sunlight? Am I holding on to the water and putting it to its use? This year, can I deal with too much water, all right? But whatever that characteristic is, trying to make these constant little improvements. Well, if there's somebody out there that has some characteristics that could help your program, then ideally you can negotiate with them and do a quid pro quo. I've got these genetics that have this, you have that, let's do a swap. And I, you know, I'm simplifying it with today, yeah. you, do, you use genomics and molecular markers. So there's not so much guesswork, but nonetheless, kind of still the same concepts. If you can collaborate, you can develop a lot faster than trying to do it all on your own. Same with anything. You it get, really is, huh? You get more than one, one brain power together and you can try to just move forward as, as an industry, as an industry, or try to, you know, you raise the ship faster when you can work together. Well, in a lot of communities, farmers have done that forever also, huh? Yeah, if, uh, right. If you need to help each other out and, uh, yep. and you can, then then you do. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Now, you grew up as a farm kid, right? 
Yeah, I did. I uh, grew up on a farm in Kansas, and uh, I'm not I'm not quite sure what the deal was when uh, when my uh, great grandparent or great grandfather emigrated from Germany. There were three brothers, and uh, one of them stopped at. They were all farmers. Uh, one of them stopped in Iowa. All right, he's probably the smart one, I guess. Another one, for some reason, headed to North Dakota, started farming, and my grandfather headed to Dryland, Kansas. Why he chose that, I mean, <laughs> it's it's been a family family curse, I guess, for a long time. But so to, the three, to farm Dryland in Kansas, the three brothers spread out like that. Yeah, there, mu- there must be an interesting story what happened back in the late 1800s. Yeah, sounds 1800s, like it. Yeah, but uh, but nonetheless, you know, yeah. So for generations, my my brother, uh, for the most part, runs the family farm today. My dad, uh, you know, he still he still likes to assert his. Uh, uh, his uh, what do you call it when dad step in huh you guys run in the farm yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what you'd call it but I do know what you, you know mean. what I'm talking about oh yeah I know exactly <laughs> they, what you're they, talking call about. It, they call it expertise Ex- there we go wisdom <laughs> yeah wisdom <laughs> yeah. I guess managing yeah managing managing maybe <laughs> yeah but, but like you that. know the, the great thing about uh, about my brother running the farm and and we've had this tradition uh, that uh, from the first day I went off to college every Sunday night we hop on the phone and we talk and we uh, talk talk is uh, talk things over with uh, with my dad or or with my brother or sister whoever's around and and it's just I could not imagine being an ag business without that connection because yeah. they keep you really grounded huh because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, I get to hear firsthand every Sunday night all the stuff they dealt with during the week and I, and I'm not making light of it because it's real huh farming's tough right yeah absolutely and, and it just really helps to stay grounded. Yep. We have a Sunday night tradition too in our family where we yell at the kids to try and get them to take their showers and then go to bed. Yeah, there we go. Similar. Yeah. Yep. Lock the door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as as the seed industry changes from what the seed industry has been or maybe is at this point, do you think, first off, what are the changes that you're trying to make or that FBN is trying to make? And then from there, I guess the second part of that question would be is, where do you think the seed industry is going to go? Yeah, so maybe, maybe most important is, is not specifically what we're doing with our seed, but what we're trying to do for farmers. And, and that is to bring data transparency. So, so uh, FBN started a couple years ago on uh, price transparency. So, so as farmers upload their invoices and pricing information, they can see what other farmers are paying for the same hybrids. Uh, and these are all the, all the major brands, huh? I mean, we have literally right. millions of acres of data. Yep. Um, then the same thing on, on genetics. Uh, we, we try to uncover when companies are selling multiple hybrids. And I just want to emphasize, sometimes those are some of the best hybrids. Uh, if, there's, if there's a dozen companies selling a hybrid, that's probably a pretty good sign it's a good hybrid. Sure. And yeah. So, you know, some people I think, some farmers I think think, well, if it's relabeled, it must be something wrong with it. No, no, I, I probably look at it the other way around. Right. Okay. And everybody's grabbing it. Yeah, if there's a yeah. yeah, lots of companies selling it. It's not because it's doing bad, and then. Uh, but yet you talk to any of those individual companies, and they have the best one. Well, of course. Okay. Yes, their ninety-four days much better than that ninety-four day. Yeah, there's still a little bit of bullshit in the seed industry, and that's <laughs> we're going to try to sort that. I've through. picked up on that. Yes. I'm going to yeah. remind you of this the next time I go and buy peanut butter, and it's the off brand. Well, that oh, does, that does matter. Easy. No, 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 no. And like crackers, peanut butter, orange juice. Now, come on. You can't tell me all orange juices are the same. Yeah. The labels say that there's just orange juice in them. But if I bring home certain orange juice, Becky, well, you guys, you guys she tried to get stuff. me to eat creamy peanut butter last night. I can do creamy peanut butter. Oh, was it, God. Was it like Jiffy or? or I don't uh, know. It's yeah, creamy. It, it doesn't Jiffy. matter. That's it disgusting. It was his name brand, but he uh, wouldn't touch it. I'm not eating smooth <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. Smooth so peanut butter is okay. As long as it's... Um, there's a couple bad ones out there. Of that, of, of course the, there is. The, it's uh, like generics. orange juice with no pulp. That's weird. You dr- you like your orange juice with pulp? You no. gotta have some. That's weird. Now having too much pulp puts you on the other end of things. Yeah, and that's I, weird I too. I like to chew my orange juice. Zach, seriously? Doesn't. Yeah. You guys just good eat an medium orange. pulp. I can deal with. It. I, I do buy medium pulp just to keep everybody happy, but. You buy the good stuff. Ours says made from concentrate. It doesn't say it's orange juice. <laughs> yeah, right? That's probably good stuff too, though. Yeah. yeah at yeah. some point yeah. it was. Yeah. <laughs> our kids our kids actually don't drink orange juice. It's just Zach and I. So we just that's something we just buy for ourselves. I'll only but drink it if, if it's the, pulp-free. If the kids no were hair. drinking it, oh. it probably would oh. be from concentrate. Man, I love orange juice. Hmm. I could nope. get by on orange juice alone. Really? I could. That's weird. I'd prefer not to because beer is good too. <laughs> yes. So I've always done the seed... Like, um, 
we're uh, we're pretty heavy with DeKalb. Yeah, you know. So you got you got DeKalb and uh, um, uh, Channel Channel Pioneer. You know, so all those go down. You know, they're all owned by the same. They're all grabbing from the same mm-hmm. pool. I've always kind of had a hard time wrapping my head around all that. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of I get it. You know, there's you basically have all the all the the varieties, the traits out there, and then each kind of come through, and you get to pick your three. You get to pick your three. Is that is that kind of right? How they kind of yeah. Do so that? different different companies do it different ways. I mean, a, a large breeding program is probably creating more genetics than than. Uh, you necessarily need for a single brand. And because farmers, there's so much brand loyalty, um, you know, and I think there's maybe generational differences, but, you know, the reason companies keep all those brands around because guys are proud, huh? They're proud. I plant this brand. I plant that, plant that brand. Yep. And so, uh, and so you keep those brands around, but as you, as you allocate those hybrids, um, some have a pecking order, like a one, two, three, four, five. Okay. And, yep. uh, you know, sort of tiers. And then uh, others just have like draft picks. But what okay. I've learned about corn hybrids, it's kind of like NFL draft picks. You know, how, how often does the number one draft pick end up being the rookie of the year the next year? You know, not, not very often. Right. Um, yeah. Can happen. But, uh, but corn hybrids are a bit the same way because the, the year effect is so great. Uh, you get a year like this year that, you know, no, nobody breeds for a year like this year. It's a it's a once in a hundred year weather event in most parts right. of the country. Yep, it is definitely a difficult thing as a farmer to try to figure out what's going to give me the best chance. Because, like you say, you never know from year to year. You walk through, and maybe you you know, like we walked through today, we saw some good stuff, we saw some bad stuff. But ultimately, obviously, it comes down to when you got the combine out there. But then, how do you figure out? Well, I mean, yeah, I think yeah, what's I think, good yeah. this year may be a complete bomb next year. I, t- I talk to a lot of farmers that are FBN members that haven't even opened up SeedFinder, and if and if if they'll take the time to go into SeedFinder, there's millions of acres of data in there. I think we're now up to almost five thousand different uh, corn hybrids and soybean varieties, and and I would suggest sink into that data and look across years, and then plug in what's your soil type, where do you farm at, you know, do you have tile, these kinds of things, and look at what kind of results a lot of farmers are getting because uh, what the weather that you have on your own particular farm in one year is unlikely the next year is going to be the same uh, but there is a good chance somewhere in the country had the weather you're going to have next year right you just don't know what it is and right and uh, we often compare it to the movie Moneyball if anybody saw that yep it, it comes down to the, it comes down to managing the numbers and the risk and the odds so you're in you're out that's all you can do so much of farming comes down to that you know, yeah. with not just seed, but so much of everything, marketing and just trying to trying to put marketing in play and what you're going to need for machinery and what you're going to do for fertilizer and all that kind of stuff. So the the F the F two F seed is that um, is that an actual variety from from somewhere else? You're you're taking it and just relabeling it, or are you actually breeding it? Yeah. So so uh, so both out of out of our portfolio. Um, if there is a, a really good relabeled hybrid that, that we could access, then like I was saying, then, then we would, um, we sell a, we sell a brand of seed called master farmer. Uh, and these are, these are all traded hybrids. Uh, most of those are all relabeled and, uh, uh, but then on our F2F, uh, the majority of those are unique to us, um, in which case we've bred those or we've made the hybrid cross that's unique. Because one thing is you do inbred development and then separately you cross those inbreds to make hybrids. And uh, so most of, our, most of our F2F is unique. Uh, most of our master farmer that we distribute is relabeled. Okay. Yeah, no, great, great question. So when you start off on that, then um, so, so everyone's looking for a certain, a certain trait or a certain characteristic um we farm heavy wet we're always cold uh emergence we start with emergence we we want the best emerging and then from there then we kind of narrow them down so when you start year one year two year three do you you know that with the traits that you're putting in there that this should be a good emerger or is it kind of a planet and see and then go from there yeah so so a couple of things one is is you have the data that shows you know in the research trials or, or as farmers plant it what the emergence is and you also know the, the the families or the breeders that are developing certain hybrids so different different breeding programs tend to focus on different things now yield of course everybody's after yield right but to yeah. get high yield maybe you get it through having strong early stand establishment well, right? we, our biggest for our area we we struggle um, we have a pretty high percentage of replant every year 
Um, oh yeah. I, uh, high, I would say uh, um, this year, if they got hit in the wrong time, you know, we had some fields that were twenty percent replant. Yeah, that's um, high. On average, on average, farm average, we probably maybe five percent or something like that. But we've had years where we've replanted twenty five, thirty percent. You know, basically across the board. You know, yeah. So our 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 thing is. Well, you, you you can't produce yield if you don't get them out of the ground. You got to get them out of the ground. Yeah. And when you replant, you're already coming from behind. You're getting a few too many seeds here, too little here. You know, you're just kind of you're coming from behind at that point. Yeah, we did a we did an emergent survey where where we sent out for our members. They can they get surveys once in a while. They can just simply answer them on their phone, text back, takes a few seconds, and uh, it was a basically you know rate. All your different hybrids, not just our F two F, everything. Yep. And uh, we were we were really happy in a tough year like this that uh, that ours came in number two out of all the different seed brands out there. Okay. And uh, you know most of the most of the big major brands were in the top ten, uh, but uh, it there's a, a how you get started on the season makes really makes a huge difference. Yeah. You get behind it, on it the all, front end. Yeah. It all it's hard to catch there. up. It yeah. does. And you get there both through the genetics, but also through seed treatments, huh? And and having a really good set of seed treatments on the seed to just protect against the insects and disease. Right. Yep. Yeah. Our common one is the uh, I call it the corkscrewer. It, it 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 comes out. You know, it's heading up, and then it it hits that cold and circles around and goes down. And once once it turns down, it doesn't turn around again. You know. Yeah. That bumpy then you dig it up, fun. and you gotta. Yep. And you gotta. You know, it pops up and back down. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not a good start to the year no. <laughs> when that happens. Yeah, and all kinds of reasons that can happen, huh? Could be uh, some some genetics tend to do that. Could be some herbicide interaction. Could just be some crust in. Uh, yeah, all, all kinds of different things cause that, but it's not good when it happens. No, nope. It is funny. You're only like what 40, 50 miles straight yeah. west of us. Yep. And we talk about it every spring. You've got acres to replant, and we we get drowned out acres here, but pretty dang rare that we actually have to replant almost anything. Yeah, and there's some parts of the country that never replant. I, I get to talk right. to lots of farmers, and and the way we price our seed is is we have like a base price for the seed, and then we separate replant, and we separate return to, to keep the cost low. But if a farmer knows, uh, like what you're talking, that that, that they replant year in year out, uh, to purchase our replant insurance, if you will, is three bucks. Okay, it's it's a no brainer. Right, it's yep. about a buck an acre. All right, to get that. Yep. And uh, and you just do it. But then I, I talk to farmers like, you know, those guys farming that poor dirt in the middle of Illinois, huh? McLean County, for yeah, instance. Those poor guys. <laughs> yeah, and you say, you know, hey, uh, you ever replant? It's like, huh, what's a replant? Yeah, like, what's, I right. don't know what you're talking about. We had, so. um, this spring, uh, in fact, we had a, it's 102 day. It's always a really good yielder, but but it's it's a, it's a poor merger. It's, you know, it's not real high on the emergent. So we put it on, you know, your best ground, driest, yep. tiled ground. So I, I put it on a field that we had pattern tiled. And I moved from there to another field two miles away and finished planting it out. Uh, probably had 20 acres left in there. And then I quit after that. We had rain coming in the next 48 hours. So I put the planter away. Yep. We didn't really have any other ground ready. And then come later here now, we ended up replanting 40% of those 20 acres where on the other one we lost just a, a, a thousand or so of population. Oh sure. I mean, and, and then and it's night and day. I'd, it'll be fun to harvest it and see what it is because it's. I mean, the years were just nothing on that stuff that you know we had to replant a bunch. And you go over there and it's it's probably the, some of the best corn I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it's a problem with replant. It's a double hit. You 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 know <clears throat> yep. that you can't leave it because the sand's too poor. But, right. but you also and, know yeah the yield's not. Gonna if you're going to go in there and try to add, well then they kind of just compete against each yeah, other. They just got then, weeds. Yeah, I mean yep. I don't mean weeds in a literal sense, but but, but, yeah, but the each corn plants each are plant weeds. is considering you know thinking it's got a weed yep. next to it yeah. and they just grow really tall and don't really put a ear on and yeah. Mrs. Millennial Farmer, do you have any agronomic seed questions over there? You're being kind of quiet. It's a bit over my head. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, you got to ask the, um, there, there's going to be a lot of stay at home moms listening to this podcast. So sure. you got to ask the questions for them. I'm, I can't, I don't have any at the moment. Yep. So I, Randy went to go get beer. That's, that's the call sign for if uh, you need more beer. I'll have one, ne- Randy. Need one, Ron? Uh, yeah. So, you know, my, my wife is a, is a wonderful lady. Uh, she grew up in Iowa, but just because she grew up in Iowa doesn't mean she knows corn. And, and she's constantly asking me, it's like, really? You spend so much time figuring out different corn hybrids? I thought corn was corn. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, 
I, I did not. I grew up in rural Minnesota. We had a 40-acre hobby farm, but we rented out our land. Hold on, um, Beck. The Rockies. The I'm behind. Rockies, the Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but Zach and I, we've been together for over half of my life now. We started dating when I was 15. And, I you know, I didn't, but we didn't, Zach and I didn't start to farm together until we bought our land when, what, we were, We bought our piece in 08. Yeah. Well, that first piece, yeah. Yeah. So, and that was when I maybe started to show a little bit more interest, maybe when I was personally invested in it. And uh, it really is just mind-blowing, the science and technology behind it all. I, I mean, a person would never, ever, ever know. You can't even, you know, when people are clueless on stuff, and you can't hardly blame them because... You, you don't even know where to start when you try to explain <laughs> yeah. certain things. Yeah. Yeah, folks ask me what I do. And I, and I start to explain, and then I realize to stop and just say, I, I sell seed. And just, yeah, yeah, and seed. just stop. Yeah. Okay? I sell seed. That's all I got to sell. And then <laughs> people like just simply throw it at the ground, and it grows, and they go on vacation, come back, harvest it. Oh, and the farmer makes rich. millions of dollars and lives happily ever after. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Welcome to farming. I know when you, <laughs> when you mentioned the, the seed finder, 10 years ago, uh, five years ago, you went to the seed shed, and you started at your 101 day. And you planted on down until you got down near 94, whatever your, you know, lightest one was or your shortest day. The last four years, we've we've spent a lot of time placing these seeds. Oh, nice. Actually, to where they're supposed to be. And uh, so DJ, who's usually running me seed, yep. hates it because then I'm calling him like, oh, bring me, one, <laughs> bring me one box of this. Like, ah, can't I just bring you two boxes so you leave me alone the rest of the day? It's like, well, no, because my next field needs to be this, you know. And, and it makes a huge difference. Yeah, I don't. I don't go as far as empty the planter out, but I I'll plan if I can go here instead of there with this seed. Okay, that's a pretty close match, you know. And then I'll I'll plant into the right one, you know. And 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 we've been seeing a pretty positive, you know. This this seed over here does really well, and over here it maybe doesn't do as well. And and and, and we've actually seen it. Well, so, there's a if you got a favorite hybrid um, that seems to do well on your farm, just to sort of fine tune it. I I mean I I just can't urge farmers enough to go into seed finder there, there's a hybrid we have a couple hundred thousand acres of data on that if the soil slope is more than five percent that thing is is a rock star i wish it was mine i wish it was an f2f but it's not <laughs> yeah. it's a hybrid in the industry um but on a so uh, on a slope that's less than five percent it's 20 bushels off the pace and so if you're a farmer that likes that hybrid man you you got to be looking at that yeah isn't that funny i mean that's a that's a piece of information that you just don't really think of no, you and think on of your soil own farm, type, you know, but yeah, and you're probably not going to discover it on your own farm, even if you farm a few thousand acres. Right, that kind of thing's hard to sort out unless you yeah. have lots right. of data. Yeah, yeah, and we we actually do have a multi hybrid planter. Oh, nice. Um, played with it every year. I'll try to. Uh, this year we did not do any multi hybrids. Just the year went out the window. This year, yeah, it you was, just got to go. It was do what you could, where you could, when you could. But uh, but I have been trying to do a couple quarters, at least a couple quarters of multi hybriding and playing with it and uh i don't know are you seeing a difference yes but then at the same time it's hard to replicate you know um yeah so i have well we're always short of time in the spring you know but you know it's what you should be planting a static all the way across of one variety maybe and then do your multi-hybrid through Mm -hmm. well then uh you know i've tried to do that here and there a little bit and i'll see a little bit but uh i haven't been able to replicate a lot yeah just to try to keep it sort of simple because the variables are so so many you could just drive yourself batty is we we try to uh to label the hybrids basically offensive meaning these can really pack the yield and defensive and and you know some people say well a good hybrid's a good hybrid yeah i would agree with that but but within that there's some pretty significant differences and and uh i'm actually kind of concerned that that there's going to be some guys take what they're seeing this year and assume that next year it's going to be the same. I, you know, I, there's a hybrid that we sell that uh, is purely defensive. Don't, don't ever put it on, on high yield soil, but if you got tough ground, uh, the thing just hangs in there when everything else is just melting down and throwing in the towel. And, and uh, this year going through plots, um, it, it, it may very well win a lot of yield trials and it shouldn't. It's just right. that the total yields are down so much in areas. This is going to look like a hero. And, and I, I'm kind of worried there's going to be some farmers plant their whole farm next year. We have a great yielding year and, and there's going to be disappointment. So man, I, I really hope that, uh, that, that advice can be taken to look at, you know, 
what really is the background of this hybrid? Just because it's winning my plot this year, but let's say my average, my APH is normally whatever, 220, and this year I average 180. Um, unless you want to average 180 the next year, you better be looking <laughs> right. at multi-year data. We've- so farmers need to go back to ninth grade science and remember when we learned about running an experiment and what's it called when you have your, you got to have your- uh, Control. Your control. Your control, yeah. yeah. And it has to be repeatable. Right. If it's real, huh? Right. Yeah. And a one bushel. So for me, when I say we don't, can't replicate it, well, if I get, if I have a one bushel positive, I uh, one that can't, you yeah. can't, I don't, I don't, I consider that, you, you know, know, on our, on our, like in our research trials at a single location, um, oftentimes when you run the statistics on it to have 95% confidence, th- there's like a 30 or 40 bushel yield range. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you just take a single site in a single year, that's not really repeatable. Which no. is just yep. in uh, like a 30 to 40 bushel difference is huge. Yeah, right. Huge. Yeah, but on a single site, single year, that's the kind of error, if you will, that you have to build into the into the statistics. Yeah, and then then you got the problem that we're farming, and you get one chance a year, at least yeah. here, right? Yep. You know, of course, there, there's places where they can they can replicate that faster with some of the seed trials they have in Hawaii and stuff. But like around here on a farm, on the real how, farm, how many crops yeah. does the average farmer put in in his lifetime? Well, they say forty. I mean, yeah. I think it's. It, you know, it's more than that because most farmers don't go away after 40 years of working. Right. Yeah, my dad's, but, my dad's well, 78 and he's healthy. Well, they don't start farming so. until they're 20 either, though, typically, yeah. right? right? Well, I yeah. mean, when well, do you that, start that count, I But guess. they're not stopping when they're 60. Yeah. Not now. Yeah. No. You know, but but still, even still, an entire lifetime to get 50 crops, let's say, you know, that's yeah. that, that's, that's not very many chances. I'm always excited to get out there. Well, I think everybody is for harvest. Yeah. Because you get to get out there. You get to see what what you did, what you worked for all year long. You get to you get to actually see it come through. Then you have a year like this year. We weren't even excited to stop tiling to go farming. Although I was pretty, I was pretty excited this afternoon. When we found some black layers. Yeah, it's like I was excited yeah, it's like, too. It's like harvest is actually going to come. Yeah, That's we right. actually saw some ears that were tipped over, which was awesome. We've got about. I was just going to ask, what is a black layer is that what uh, you said yeah so this this is a little little trivia thing you could do it with sweet corn too i guess if you if uh if it's like a little too you wouldn't want to eat it anymore yeah if it's a little crunchy huh <laughs> not really wouldn't be good sweet corn yeah you take uh you take corn and you uh, you pop a kernel off and you scratch your thumb across the tip where the point is and 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 you'll see this little black layer and if that exists then that kernel has all the dry matter it's it's going to accumulate. So you've made all the yield you're going to make, and it's it's all downhill from there. All right. So it's done so growing, and it's, it's done growing, starting to dry. Exactly. And that's thirty five percent moisture. Yeah, then, roughly. We we're, were talking about that. It's uh, yeah in that neighborhood. I mean, it depends a little bit hybrid yeah. to hybrid, but yeah, yeah, roughly. And but we're most of our stuff right now is about half milk line, meaning yeah, there was a we're lot not going to black layer before it freezes. Well, yeah, I mean. Typically, you're probably what 150 GDUs away then. At half that's, milk line, that's a question that for Ron. You're, you're, yeah, you're a ways away. You you need a lot of you need some. So on a, on and a, we're not uh, gaining any GDUs right now. No, I, what did we gain today? Maybe ten. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we had a high of. Uh, I I loved it today, but I don't think the corn did. I, no. Exactly. That's what I'm ready for. <laughs> yeah, wear a sweatshirt all day long. This nice, not so humid during the day weather. What but did, did we, we need? Did we hit 65 today? No, oh, I don't think so. I kept no. my sweatshirt. I kept that heavy sweatshirt on all day long. Okay, it was too warm for well, a few well, hours. What was our low then? So, so we'll say 60. it was forty-three degrees when I went out this morning. Forty-three. Yeah. So sixty, uh, sixty plus forty-three then. Yeah. And then mm. divided by two yep. minus fifty. Yep. Divided by two oh, minus or... fifty, we gained one point five. There we go. 1.5 heat units? 1.5 heat units, and we have like 150 or so to go. So, say March, we should be black layered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you go with that, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah I never right. thought about an Easter black layer, huh? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not that crazy uncommon to have that freeze before we black layer here. And, no. and, and at some point, we need it to happen. Yeah. Otherwise, the plants never shut off and things just never dry down and we stay at that 35%. Right. So we, we started soybeans yesterday and, uh, and they, they could use a frost. Uh, the, the stems are, are green. Not, oh, yeah. not green. They're they're wet. You go behind the combine, they're you tough. pick up that trash and they're wet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can um, you spray the soybeans off to kill them? Like they do edible beans, or uh, is it just not cost-effective? Technically, yes, you could. 
I mean, you could use like Grimoxone. Yeah, right? I'm not sure what all's labeled. There's lots of it's things. You, there's labeled, lots of things yeah. you could do to. There's lots of things you could do to do that with. I'm just not sure which ones would be legal. Right. Off the top of my head. But you, yeah, on the. Uh, so so. It's uh, a good question, though. I never even thought of that. Exactly. You know, they they desiccate all kinds of things. Right. And around here, mainly. I mean, maybe kidney beans is about all you'd see it in. But I've never thought yeah, about edibles. it in, in a soybean. Edibles and then uh, uh, wheat. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about here so much, but... Not here. Is. Yeah. Yeah, they're the right. spray with glyphosate. Yeah. But I don't think... If you sprayed the soybeans now, you wouldn't speed them up at all, would you? I don't think no. they'd intake in fact, that and, in fact, and shut down. In fact, you know, we, uh, we were walking around in a field today, and there was maybe a half a percent or a quarter percent of what I'd call the, the late emerging plants that have some green beans that, you know, you're going to see them jump out in your tank okay, when you're yeah, harvesting. Right. Yep. But even if you sprayed those, I I doubt it's going to change them at this point. Right. They're already shutting down. They're going to be hard. They just, yeah. need, they just need time to They're just going to sit there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But even though that, that uh, some of that corn that was only a fourth milk or half milk, it's uh, there was quite a bit of yield there still. So if you do, do get froze, you're going to give up some test weight. Oh, yeah, right. for sure. Yeah, a little bit of late fill. But it's not that uh, I, I was... I was pretty surprised, Zach. I guess there was uh, some of the spots we were in there. There was more corn than I was expecting, actually. Well, that's it good. Pretty good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not generally, a, I'm not a pessimistic person, but I'm not expecting a huge yield this year. Yeah, and, we're, and we're you know getting, it is what it is. I'll take what we get. But farmers, I haven't, yeah, we we haven't expected a huge yield since May fifteenth. Right. Right. Farmers can get on, on Seed Finder right now and see yields that are coming in across the south. So uh, so a couple things happen when uh, some guys are hooked up, so it downloads automatically off their off their combine, and, and uh, that yield comes right in. And then others, our data science team has to get it in and then, then upload it. But uh, I, I, I've been kind of surprised about the yields across the south. If you, if you asked those guys a month ago, they would have been like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have great yields. And now that the combines are running... It's like yikes. it's not there anymore. Yeah, when you when you go into Seed Finder, the hybrids in there right now, which are, you know, the big name brands, huh? Because and because that's where, just quite frankly, most of the acres are coming in from, and uh, and the I think maybe the top yielding hybrid I saw in there the other day was like 155, and the lowest yielding was 85, and these are these are that's those are off the two major brands, huh? Yeah. So this is not you know some fly by night whatever brand. This right. is this is the big guys, and. Uh, I, 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 you know, it's it was just surprising. I thought the yields from the south were going to be better than that. Hmm. That's disappointing as a grower. When you get in there, you're so excited oh. for harvest, and then you dive in and just, that's, ah. Like I said, that's why this whole year we've just been like, ah, let's just skip harvest. I mean, if it would have froze September <laughs> 1st, uh, we would have been we would have been fine with that. We would have kept on tiling, laying pipe. With your prevent plant and the hailstorms that you've gotten, we you have, just about get to skip so harvest, we, we Randy. We prevented planted about 10% total between... Um, us there, and uh, and then of of the ninety percent planted, eighty five percent of that has hail. Whoa! Being twenty five percent of those, uh, you know, we're hoping for like seventy bushel corn. Uh, the they're all beat up. Yeah, some good cobs, some bad cobs. Uh, they're full of smut. Yeah, we don't really know what we're gonna do with it yet. Yeah, but it's just crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you, just you're just gonna be laying just, pipe all fall. Yeah. Well, at least we're hoping weather. to just knock Drain through it pipe. quick. At least the weatherman says this yeah, is yeah, or whatever. At least the weatherman says this is one year out of a hundred, huh? It's a, yeah. Let's hope. <laughs> let's hope. You, it seems like you hear that every few years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A, I'm not it that old, but I've heard that. If you're in times. Minnesota, it's one every three years. It's, oh, this like, again? Yeah. We've got 150 years of normal coming. I would think so, right? Yeah. Normal had, or above had, average. We had 50 year, you know, every year. It's a 50-year storm or the 50-year... Right. Yeah. Right. It's a 50-year something. Let's not forget it's climate week, so nobody really knows what's to come. It is. It mm. is climate week right yep. now. Maybe maybe not by the time they hear this. No. But it is currently. But, yeah. you know, it's yeah. on climate that's interesting. When uh, when I started in the seed industry, I, there were no soybeans in North Dakota. and uh, Let alone corn, huh? Yeah, corn, like only in the two or three southernmost counties. I, I'm sorry, I forget the name of the counties, but south of Fargo, you could like draw a line. Yeah. And, but as you went up in the valley, th- nothing. nothing. And, and well, now, now there's been some genetic change, but my yeah. gosh, there's soybeans all the way, heck, practically Past to Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think a big thing there is the drought tolerance is done leaping, which I wish one year we could have to worry about. Planting a drought uh, tolerant. Drought tolerant. I know that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. But drought tolerant corn, like who who needs that? I know it. Every year they're always talking about their drought tolerant. Like like, whoa, who will be? 
You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Want, Do you have any that'll withstand want, bottom of a lake? I want waterlogged. Right. Yeah. Right. New waterlogged <laughs> tolerance. Although, I, I talked. I talked to a farmer the other day. He was. Uh, he was pretty excited that uh, his F2F yielded 105 bushels, dry land, western Kansas. And I said, and I was kind of pimping him about that. I said, really, dry land this year? And he goes, well, in all seriousness, the entire month of July, the entire month of August, we had zero rainfall. And, and I didn't realize there was anywhere in the country like that. Yeah. But uh, this guy was, he was really happy given the kind of drought that it went through. So, uh, you Where's, know. Uh, Bushel Billy, where's he from? He's on Instagram. Uh, I don't know where he's, I don't know where he's at. Uh, I want to say Illinois or somewhere there. Okay. But he's talked, I mean, he burned up now where, where they're, yeah, I think a lot of the crop of is South gone. central Illinois, yeah. there's a hot spot. Well, even my, my, so my co-host Mitchell on the Fieldwork podcast, so he's in Southeastern Iowa. They had way too much rain this spring. Everything got planted either in uh, April or June. Nothing got planted mm. in May in his area. And when I talked to him the end of July, early August, they were burning up. They hadn't had rain since. So they got it. They got a lot of it that's, in late. That's and, the worst scenario. Oh, yeah. Planet wet. Terrible. And Shallow yeah. roots. Yep. Yeah. Wall compaction. Nothing there. Yep. Just crazy. I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's part of farming. So could you breed me a variety that starts off with a snorkel straw? Just poke that s- yeah. the the um the snorkel trait. Yeah, yeah. Can you, trait? Can, you work, can you work on the snorkel trait? Yeah. Well, I wish I could. So we had we had a production field, soybean production field that that ac- it actually survived the eleven inch rain that it got, but the three inches yeah. it got ten days uh. later didn't make didn't make it through the three inches. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Even though it made it through the eleven, that is something. How you can get them rain events, and then and then uh, last week we had. We had a lot early, and then we got another six tenths, and that six tenths looked like four more inches. Oh, it's at that great. point, yeah, yeah we just had nowhere to go. Full. Yep. Yeah, um, you mentioned soybeans, and I want to ask on. And so we've talked a lot about corn today, but when it comes to soybeans too, F two F or FBN also has soybeans. Um, is that only in conventional, or do you have some traded soybeans? I know yeah. you've got so you've got some regular Roundup stuff, right? Off patent Roundup ready. Yeah, so soybeans, okay. uh, we're actually farther along than in corn. So I mentioned we'll have the traits coming in corn, but uh, in the case of soybeans, we already have them. So, so we have uh, glyphosate tolerant soybeans, and uh, have a pretty good maturity range. Uh, we're we're working hard on the early stuff. So, so like here in Minnesota right now, uh, we'd go up to about one eight or or so on the Roundup ready, and then we go all the way all the way down through the south. Um, but we, you know, we develop a breeders network and, uh, we're, we're only going to launch varieties if we've got good confidence in those. And so right now when we get up in like group zero or double zero, uh, we got a couple of breeders we're working with, uh, some European breeders, some central Europe breeders, uh, some breeders here in the Midwest, uh, but they got to be good varieties. Yeah. And so we've not yet launched any roundup in the early stuff. Now we do have some conventional varieties, uh, in the early maturities. Um, there's some things that look great in the trials. If the combine has the yield, and uh, and there's no disease issues or whatnot, then then we'll have some things we'll be rolling out. But it's really going to come down to how harvest goes. They they got to be top varieties. And your yield and harvest data will be on on FBN, yeah, along so, with everybody else's. I mean, for a company that preaches transparency, you've got to include your own data there. No, right? I, yeah, we. I mean, the uh, a lot of people in the industry say for you guys to have the low prices that you have, you just must be buying you know distressed inventory off of somebody or going to the bin and selling crap or whatever. And that, that doesn't work. Uh, it doesn't work period. And then in our case with data transparency and actually encouraging the farmers that planted our seed this year to please upload it. Every, every farmer in the country that, that's a member, they can see that. Yeah. And right, uh, right. yeah. And, and uh, now I hope when they see that, that they'll take the time, not just to sort and pick the top two or three, but to go back to digging into their own actual farming situation. And what's the ROI of it? Well, yeah. it comes down. To, I, I, you, you guys tell me it's got to come down to the dollars this day and age. Right. It has to. It's I not- wanna, I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on for a minute because I know this is sometimes a thing for farmers. People don't like to share their information because where is it going to go? How, how does that work with FBN? Where I mean, you're sharing it with other farmers, but does Google have access? Like, where does it where does it go? They've never been asked that question. 
I bet not. <laughs> yeah, not at least not since Pusker Harvest days a couple but weeks I think ago. That's yeah. kind of probably what farmers are thinking, right? The some, guys, some the of guys them, yeah. who, Absolutely. who don't yeah. want to share it. And they it. think that about the other companies too that that you input your data to. You yeah, know? so what I mean, we do, everybody gets that. So how we how we get a how we help farmers understand and sort of keep it on the honor system is you can only see data if you share your data. Sure. Uh, otherwise, which and it's anonymous. It is so my neighbor anonymous. doesn't know what my ah, yields were. Okay. Well, and right now, if you go into Seed Finder, there's only maybe a dozen hybrids that that you can see data on. Because let's say that if on a, on a hybrid from whatever brand, if there's only one or two farmers that have uploaded that data, we're not going to show it yet. There has to be enough farmers that have uploaded their data that you can't figure out who who might it be. And when you say there's only a dozen different varieties or hybrids, you can see that. And you're talking about for 2019. For 2019. Yeah, now, yeah. now by the end of the season, that'll be like 5,000 right, different, right, different right. hybrids. Because it's just starting, as we record this, it's just starting to roll that data yeah. in now for this year. Yeah, and we have data right now on a lot more hybrids and varieties than that, but not enough data that it can be fully anonymous. And I mean, I'm sure you guys would never run cash rent up on each other, but we, you know, there's things like that that are practical. We don't right. don't want to make the data yeah. not anonymous. It has to be that way. It has to be, yeah. Or else you're really going to cut down the, and, the guys that are willing to put it in there. Yeah, and the and the other thing that we're not going to do, we're not we're not going to sell that data. I I get calls all the time, of and and I'm not even in the middle of the data thing. I'm the seed guy, all right. But I get right. ca- calls all the time. Hey, can we buy your data? What would it cost? And these are from like whatever agronomic services companies, from other seed companies, from breeding companies from all these different people they recognize uh the huge value for for farmers and 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 would like to use that data it's worth a lot for sure yeah if you if you use it right and right. and you know farmers have this incredibly powerful tool at their fingertips and i i just can't urge enough if, if it gets overwhelming you start to get in there and you can't figure it out oh my gosh give us a call and we'll we'll dig in and help help figure it out and make it easy Right. I, I think that's a huge part of the data. Randy and I have talked about this so a lot. So you're saying there's homans at FBN? Homans. That's, that's Jake's words. Not homo episode. sapiens, not humans, but homans. Homans. Oh, that's right. <laughs> our, last, our last guest had a, what do you call that, a, a word blurp. He was trying to say humans. Maybe a brain fart. Up. Yeah, there you go. A Jakeism. <laughs> but there's real people at FBN to help you, not uh, not computers or well, they're, computers. They're, but they're a little nerdy to help yeah. you. But yeah. that works. Other than you, you're cool. Yeah, well, got I, a beer in the hand, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that helps, that helps. <laughs> I know we've had that talk where data, data, data. I mean, we've got we've got companies coming at us from every which way angle, like, hey, upload your data here, hey, upload your data here, we can show you this, we can show you that. And and you eventually get to the point where you're just like, like I just need to get to work. Yeah, like, I, I, got, can, I uh, just can I just put my boots on and yeah, go to work exactly. now? Because I can't do, yeah, this data's cool. But I'm staring at it at a computer now. How do I make more money with it? How do I make a better decision? How like yeah, it's got here. Be it is. Oh, yeah. neat. It's got to be simple to use. I mean, it's you know for us, it's by just by its nature, it's incredibly complex behind the scenes. But but when you grab your app and you open up the FBN app, it's got to be super simple. Or it has who to can be. take the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yes. and so now you know whether it's satellite imagery or hybrid selection or looking at your own fields or doing pin drops. If you saw a big rock out there, you want to go back and get later, whatever that is, it's got to be super simple. Yeah. I did a lot of those pin drops on, on one of the apps when I first got it dropping for rocks. There's still a lot of those pins there. There was a (laughs) lot of pins that got dropped. Is there, are the rocks still with the pins? Um, A a fair amount of them. Yeah. yeah. A fair amount of them. (laughs) Yep. How big's the rock got to be to pin it? Like half the size of this table. Ah, okay. Like like Volkswagen. Like a car. We have a lot of buried cars. <laughs> like that's what we have. We don't worry about the gravel rocks, like the size of your beer can or the size of a basketball. We yeah. We really don't worry about them unless you really roll up a basketball. We'll grab it on the way by. But for the most part, what we're looking for is the Volkswagens, like nice. a a buried truck tire. You know, that's what we have. Is we have a few of those that are buried underneath and. You can't see them most of the time. You catch them with the implement and tear everything. Yeah, you tear something up. Yep. I've caught them. I've hooked them with the shank on the chisel plow. And the tractor will jump, and the next thing you know, there's a shank and a spring flying past your so head. So you ever hit the windshield when that <laughs> happens? Oh. I, 
don't know if I've hit the windshield. I've hit the ceiling. I, I have bet. I, I haven't been quite cloth. I've had the door fly open. Along in the tractor unexpectedly, like and Zach laughs hysterically, like. Oh, oh like yeah, you like, drive over. Rock oh, on the with track. those RTs. Yeah. Oh should, my god. You should do it with the uh, tile plow with the steel tracks. Oh. You find them even three, four inches under the ground, and it just it throws everything it everywhere. Just, it yeah. like does your phone end up on the floor and your sandwich? Oh, everything. Your does. sandwich sometimes is behind com- the seat. Sometimes my computer will lock up. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know how the windows can handle it. <laughs> it's, it's it gets your attention. Yeah, that's well, for definitely. sure. Like if I'm yeah. on the phone, the person on the phone is laying on the floor wondering what happened. I got to right. find my phone and like, sorry about that. I found a rock. If I hit him with the tile plow just right, so that just the tip has to hit it. Sure. sure. Yeah. Just the tip. <laughs> just the tip. It'll stop. I mean, dead. You're you're oh, going man. along and just wham, and it stops, and it. Yeah, it takes a second to grab the hydro handles and get her shut down. Similar to when we were took the Ranger through the CRP ground last year. That happens once in a while too. Y- yeah, you yeah. didn't seem too worked up about that. I, it no, got it's definitely my, happened. Got before. my attention. <laughs> Did it catch the frame or what? Uh, well, like the entire. It was it's just, like five feet. It was. Oh. It was. It was like a rock pile on the edge of the old field, but this has been CRP ground for 20 years, so oh. you couldn't tell where the edge of the field so we're was. We're surveying along, cruising. I'm staring at the computer, and we're in five know, foot tall grass, and all of a sudden. We stopped. <laughs> we stopped. <laughs> I spilled my beer. Yes. It was yep. a situation. Huh. He just yep. threw it in reverse and we kept going. Yeah. Yeah. He I had acted my like no big deal. I time helping and uh, we were surveying an actual, in a ditch that somebody drove, somebody had dug something out there. I'm not sure what the deal was. Sure. So we're cruising through this actual ditch. It's got cattails in it and we hit that thing and it, and it nose dive I mean stop dead and and yeah it was the same deal there so I got a question for Ron now going back to seed jumping back to that um, we hear a lot about the seed companies that don't want to you know they won't let you you can't take a highly traded hybrid and clean it out and replant that you know you sign the you sign the agreement ahead of time saying you won't do that and you don't do that right what's with FBN stuff is it any different yeah, so our you know our corn hybrids, um, it's it's the same thing. But if uh, you know you plant a hybrid and you're going to get a bunch of inbreds, and inbreds are just like you know if you ever saw the movie Deliverance or whatever, it's not good. Huh? You don't you don't want to keep hybrid seed. It, it, not, a, not not in corn for sure. Yeah, no, right. you can't. You just can't. But in terms of uh, of soybeans, absolutely. So we're we're actually encouraging farmers to pick their best fields of our F2F. And set those aside, throw them either in a, in a bulk box or in a separate bin, and keep that seed separate. And then uh, uh, get it, send it in for tests, all right? Make sure it's going to germinate okay and make sure it's still glyphosate tolerant. And, uh, and then get it cleaned. And if you want to treat it, fine. And, uh, and plant it back. And when you do that, uh, then, then you just send us a, basically a, like a royalty check, all right? Because the reason for that is you have to sign an agreement that, that you're going to save your seed. But then uh, we want to be able to make the breeders whole. So we've got to, we want to pay royalties to the breeders. And that's a good thing for the farmer. Because if sure. we pay royalties for the breeders that are supporting safe seed, supporting our soy plus one, then you guys are going to get better and better varieties. Now, not, not all breeders think that's a good idea. Because uh, they would just as soon with their mo- – most breeders have a retail brand. All right. But and so they'd like to keep selling new seed every year. But there's there's not a reason in the world with a variety that if that if we work with the farmer that they can't save their own seed. And how how much money could you save if you're paying seven bucks and you harvest the seed and let's say another five or let's say five or six to get it cleaned. And we're working on a mobile treater that we can run around farm to farm. Yep. So you're let's say 13 bucks into it. Plus, what's the price of beans local today for you guys? Eight, eight fifty. Seventeen dollars. Oh, cool. (laughs) <laughs> I'm buying a boat. Yeah, yeah I'm buying, buying a, a boat. boat. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't stop with a boat. You have a boat. We've been over this. It is not a boat. Well, it's a rotten deck with floats on it. Oh, so this is a new deck in your future. New deck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now we're at, now we're at eight bucks and thirteen. So you're you're at twenty bucks, huh, for your soybean seed and and uh, glyphosate tolerant. Um, that so that, you're that, allowing it with high, the glyphosate huh? tolerant as well. Yeah, and, and we want to test. We want to test that. Huh? We want farmers. We'll send out sample bags, so the farmer can send in samples, and we'll test it because we we don't want, uh, you know, it's the farmer saving their own seed, but we also don't want people planting seed and then spraying glyphosate and having a problem. So right. So, so we, you guys are actually going to be doing the cleaning if people want. So we're working on setting up a, a mobile cleaner that can go farm to farm. 
Uh, we don't have it in place yet. It's uh, but the plans have been drawn, and it's it's something that's a priority for us. So we got to we got to get going on it. Uh, you know, ideally, if you have a, a situation where you can get the get the beans cleaned yourself, and that depends on what part of the country you're in. There, you know, in some parts of the country with wheat or whatnot, there's a lot of safe seed or or other crops um, already, not just not soybeans. Right. Uh, but uh, so in those areas, it's a lot easier. But if you're in areas that don't have have seed seed cleaners, and that's something that and, you know, if there's guys that want to do that as a business, I, I really think this is going to pop up because if the farmer gets good, good soybean variety and you can save 30, 40 bucks a bag or at least at, a, at worst case, $10 a bag. Right. The chances are a lot more than that. So you're going to allow guys to, to clean themselves as well if they have a cleaner or yeah, access to one. Yeah, they can clean it themselves. We just, we just need them to pay us the, the royalty so we can pay the breeders. Sure. Do you- Randy's got a cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I was, I was just, so will that be regulated through, um, so like, uh, um, is it MCPA, Minnesota Crop Protection Association? Oh, yeah, crop think, improvement. Yeah. Yeah. So is that is it regulated through that then, or this would just be on your own? Yeah. No. We actually, uh, we actually thought about doing it through the through the crop improvement associations, and and I had a lot of discussions with like their national organization. Um, <laughs> this drives me crazy. Their their perception. And uh, is that uh, we were going to take farmers backwards. If they start saving their seed, then, then they're going to hurt their self on yields. And it's like, uh, guys, give farmers a little credit, okay? We're going to test the germination. We're going to test the purity. If it's a not well, a competitive-performing variety, the farmer's not going to save it. Um, right. And, but yet— And that's, and that's kind of what they do. So we, we, uh, so we have a cleaner. Yeah. Um, and then we hadn't done wheat for a while, but we'd been big into the wheat. Um, sure. Of course. You know, raising our own, certifying it, um, registered, certified, you know. So the last few years we've been doing some certified seed, and we didn't plant any this year, but last year we had planted, certified, you know, we had cleaned it, had it already, sent it in, and it come back like uh, 89% germ, I believe. Okay. So then it didn't meet the criteria to be certified. Yep. So we were able to, you know, keep it and sell it. You know, but we just couldn't have put the certified stamps. It wasn't worth it. And much. you had to label it what it was. Right. And, you know, so wouldn't they be doing the same thing with, with, uh, with the soybeans? Well, when so what we're going to do you is... Grow it, you Yeah, so we'll send the seed off to a, to a USDA certified lab, of which there's, I think, like 16 of those in the country. And then we'll send the results to the farmer, but, but we're going to leave it up to the farmer to decide whether to plant it. So if the soybean seed comes back, you know, and it's 98% warm and... and germination the farmers can be like yeah great perfect but if it comes let's say it's on the on the edge it comes back and it's like 78 then then we're going to leave that up to the farmer but we want to make sure it's transparent and uh there's going to be some guys that'll be like i'll just kick up my population and i'll plant it right and then there'll be other farmers are like oh i I don't want to take that risk but i i'm not the one to make that call that's got to be up to each farmer so the replant the the royalties going back will be only uh, only if you choose to replant it only what's planted Okay, yeah. and you you guys won't take that seed back. I, I suppose you have no reason to. You have no. Well, yeah. You just you just sell it. You just yeah. I'm mean, an interesting thing about the industry is that uh, ideally you line up seed growers at the start of the year to have really good weed control, spray a fungicide, take care of it. But I know dozens or hundreds of times in my history in the seed industry where there's a seed shortage, and then seed companies will be calling up farmers that raise a variety, saying, "Hey." Did you, do you still got that in the field? Can you put it in a bin and keep it separate? <laughs> I'll come out and pick oh, it up. And just and knowing that it it's a, a pure, pure Yeah, because seed. it's a variety. You can check the purity. Yep. And, uh, and Even so, though from the beginning it wasn't planned that that was going to be seed. Yeah, but yep. when it comes to soybeans, there's, no, there's really no difference between a seed. This is not like corn. There's no difference right. between a seed field and a farmer field, yep. except you know maybe the level of weed control. But, you know, most farmers control weeds pretty good today. It's yeah, you, you want to control it as well as you can anyway. Right, exactly. Yep. And then you're going to clean them. You're going to take out all the, you know, odds and ends stuff and, and uh, run it. You know, if it's really bad, run it through a color sorter. And, and so at the end, you got seed. Um, right. So that, you know, that's part of it doesn't really hold water of taking farmers backwards. It's, that no, just I wouldn't is, agree with that either. Let's just say that's no. people not wanting change to the economic benefit that's of farmers. That's exactly huh? what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're kind of running up against the end of our podcast here, but I have a couple. I got something I want to ask Ron, a two part question again. But I want to say, what has the reaction been like from the other seed businesses within the industry? You know, kind of go over that, however, however yeah. you can. And then the second part of that question is, how do you think those companies might adjust their business model mm. going forward? I mean, do you think? 
the way I look at it is is FBN has been kind of a disruptor, no doubt a disruptor in the industry. Well, so ha- are they actually going to change some of the shape of how the seed industry works here? I, I would suggest it's already changing. So, you know, our, our business, we, we launched last August in terms of our first sales ever to a, to a farmer of our seed. And, and uh, thank goodness, thank you for the thousand farmers out there that purchased our seed this first year. Because we, we had a thousand customers spread across the country, uh, planted a couple hundred thousand acres of our seed. So we got this great footprint. In fact, those farmers, these are not, these are not like uh, guys living in a cave somewhere. That, that group of farmers that bought our seed, they farmed three and a half million acres. All right. I'm one of them, but thank I you. live in a cave. Well, I'm one of the cave really? lovers. Sometimes. Well, we're hanging I, out in the I, basement I, a lot I, lately. This is the cave, and you're only down here for the podcast. So ah. I don't know. <laughs> so these are these are these are real farmers, all right? That are going to test this seed. They're going to yep. upload their data, so all the other farmers can see what it yields, and uh, and that alone changes the industry because it takes the bullshit factor out. Yeah. Yep. You know, my I've had I I I've ran now. Uh, back in the day, I used to run sales and marketing for Golden Harvest, and I had some great salespeople. And man, there was a whole bunch of just good old boy, buy a steak dinner, who can tell the best stories, and <laughs> here's my seed order book. Sure. I hope those days are in the past. It needs, it needs, it needs to be an economic decision. It's got yeah. about return on investment. So, so that, I think, will already change. If you, look at, if you look at advertisements right now in the seed industry that are starting to run, I think you see a lot more about data. You see a lot more about decision-making and less about... Uh, you know, plant our seed and, and we'll send you on a free trip or buy you a boat. It's the, I think those days um, are not healthy for the farmer. I always get a little bit burned when they offer up the vacation. Because yeah. I could have just paid less for the seed. Less for the seed and, and your yeah. savings buy a much nicer vacation. Yeah, but at the same time, I would like it if FBN would call me and offer up a vacation. <laughs> you would go. Yeah, come yeah. to. Yeah, I'm going to go. We I'm got there. it. Yeah. We got it already. Come to Omaha, <laughs> farmer to farmer. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. There's the farmer that to is, farmer plug we keep talking about. That's got to be about the biggest party in agriculture. You know what? I was there last year, and I think I had came down with something the first night because I had a oh, heck no. of a headache most of the week. <laughs> but yeah. but it was fun. Randy oh, Randy appeared to have a headache yep. as well. Yep. Um, Randy's going to be there this year, and I... Actually, I can tell by looking at you right now, you're going to have a headache again. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's possible. Yes. Yeah, maybe you need to practice ahead of time, get warmed well, up. Well, we've been working at it. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so I'm going to bring so a lot think, of Tylenol. I, I do think it's changing. And, and if you look at the, uh, so the, uh, uh, the big guys, a lot of them report publicly their financial results. Sure. And if you look at their financial results, um, I, I don't know what amount of impact we've had or what other factors are, but uh, right now they're they're not reporting good financial results for their seeds businesses, huh? And the, you know it's crazy. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's twelve billion dollars of profit that exists between the cost of producing the seed that gets planted on corn and soybeans and what farmers pay. There's a gap of twelve billion dollars, and uh, as FBN, I I'm really confident we're going to narrow that gap. Uh, yeah. I, that's, that's one way to that's put it. That's a big number. So it is, yeah. So, so basically you're putting your seed out there first this year. I mean, that this is year two. Grown, this is year two? Well, no, no. I mean, your, your one's harvest is coming in right oh, now. Right. Yeah. Yep. So throughout the summer, I, I would imagine you've had boots on the ground. Absolutely. And, and, uh, you're optimistic. I, mean, I, I, uh, uh, I, I, I probably just, probably couldn't be more optimistic but okay. you know with seed it, it's, it's a, always hard to yeah but seeds a seeds a it's a numbers game you know any any one field any one plot you know we were we were in a field today uh of our hybrid and and it wasn't ideal huh? and i'm looking at it thinking oh my god but it's like take a deep breath we, we missed we missed this one yeah this yep. hybrid on this piece of ground with this weather that should not be planted again Right. On that ground with this yep. weather, okay? Yep. That we learned. And it goes back to the this is one year in this spot. In this spot. Yeah. yeah. So how well, much how much does it have, tell you? You don't have the uh control yet, really, right? I mean You mean like the, when you're saying they don't have the one. huge coverage, yeah. yeah. Right. So we yeah, great question. So we do have research data. All the hybrids or varieties we would launch, we have at least two years of, of research data. Okay. Which is pretty much the same for all seed companies. Yep. At some okay. point you have to go from research to farmer. So right. that right. that data comes right. from the breeders before you guys yeah. buy into that uh, variety. So we have about a hundred of our own research locations. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then uh, and then supplemented with data from the breeders as well. Sure. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I think we're changing the industry. I hope we can change it fast. I mean, I have a vested interest. My family farms, and I want the Sunday night calls to be fun, huh? Not right, uh, right. Not what the heck? Yeah, you don't want to be <laughs> yelling at people to take their baths and get into bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Ron, it's been fun, and we'll see you in Omaha for sure. Thank you for coming That's up here today fun. and taking a look at our crops and coming on the podcast and. Randy again, Mrs. Millennial Farmer, who now has to edit this and do all the work behind it. After, That's right. You're welcome. We had to sit here for an hour and drink beer. Yeah, it was pretty tough work. Did yeah. I stay close it enough to the mic? It is a really hard job. Yeah. Randy, you did really good tonight. Good all job. Right. She was mad at you yesterday as she was Were editing. You? Were you? Yeah, today was a hard edit for me. Was that yesterday or today? I have been editing so much. I, I can't even. My brain is melting. Well, you're only four <laughs> videos and a podcast behind at this yeah, point. Yeah, so after we're today. just going to keep it up. Yep. Keep up the pace. Yep. Keep it up. And I'll just keep sitting on this end of the table drinking beer. Zach, where can they follow along um, with the rest of our journeys? The rest of our journeys? Yeah. The Millennial Farmer journeys? Yeah. Well, I would suggest going to YouTube. Or yep. Instagram or Facebook, and look for the Minnesota Millennial Farmer. You can also find the Master Pipe Layer on Instagram. And Mrs. Millennial Farmer on Instagram. And Mrs. Millennial Farmer, and of course, at uh, FBN Farmers, I believe. FBN.com. FBN.com, really and at FBN Farmers on, on Instagram, yep. for sure. Yeah. yeah I believe absolutely. on Facebook as well. And if yeah. you're interested in signing up as a member of FBN... Oh, that's right. You could save $100 right now by using the Millennial Farmer as a reference. And if you're, yeah, you can save 100 bucks. He's Millennial Farmer. And uh, it's a little creepy. When you go to FBN.com or click on us, um, give me a call if in like two seconds somebody's not online or giving you a phone call. Because uh, they are our team on is it. on top of it. If you, uh, when you go to the website, they're to, they're to help. That's the computer nerds out in California. Yes. Boom. They know everything about yeah, you. They don't sleep. They don't sleep? I don't think so. Really? Millennials. Millennials. Hard-working folk. Too much Starbucks. That's right. They can't sleep. <laughs> With that, thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. Take care.